And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to the Builder We Are Me podcast. It's Mickey Barron here as always and I'm joined by the one and only Davy Rispin. And uh, Davy, uh, uh, I suppose it's great that uh, inter-county football is back on on the weekend and we just don't know how long, long it's going to last. But, uh, you know, it was great to be able to, I suppose, get to these games and be able to bring the, the details of these games to our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was it a 225-day gap between our round five <laughs> and round six league games at Mead? But, yeah, no, fantastic to, I suppose, a privilege, really, to be able to attend the games, Mickey. And that's something that I suppose we have to look at it. You know, we're both very fortunate to be able to get in and, and have a look at um, Mead playing in different codes and that as well. But, look, at uh, overall, I'd have to say a very positive weekend. Granted, we didn't probably get the two wins that we might have dreamed of, but, you know, the big one was... Obviously, in the minor championship on Saturday, that was a huge win. And then the the footballers, the meeting your footballers, then Saturday night, putting on a really good performance against the Dubs in Parnell Park. So, overall, you'd have to say a very positive weekend for me, GA. Yeah, absolutely. And Davey mentioned a couple of things that we will be talking about on the show. Also, on the show, we will have the managerial merry-go-round. We've got a bit of an update on that. We will be going to Instagram Interactive later on, as we always do. We will uh, be giving you a few fixtures over the next couple of weeks, and hopefully they will be fulfilled. And, of course, we have the um, results and reviews from the Mead Senior game, as Davey said, against Dublin and Parnell Park on Saturday night. And we had the Miners out first on Saturday in Park Tolchin against the old foes, Dublin. And I suppose that'll be the only place to start, Davy. Um, Mead Miners with a, a a brilliant win over Dublin, 115 to 7 points on Park Tolchin on Saturday. And now while Dublin did stay with Mead for long periods, I suppose Mead finished the game way the stronger and, and showed their class. And the under 20 team last year. We had great hopes for them. They came up a cropper against Dublin. Actually, that was earlier on this year. I keep thinking it was last year. They came up a cropper against uh, Dublin earlier on this year. The Miners made no mistake. Yeah, and you have to remember, obviously, that Dublin defeated us in the Minor Championship last year as well, up in Parnell Park. So there was a little bit of revenge there, and there was a couple of guys who were part of that squad last year as well. So um, I think there was three in all, three members of the panel, um, from last year still present obviously on this year's panel so they would have probably had a few of their own demons to maybe avenge this year um but a really good uh, win and i suppose we've kept we've kept the jinx not the jinx but we've kept uh I'm trying to think of the words um 
the, the Indian sign over this Dublin minor team for now a number of years. I think that's three wins in four years. Um, you know, Dublin haven't won a minor championship since 2017 at Leinster level. We've Our latest was in 2018, obviously. Uh, we came up a cropper last year, as did Dublin. But, you know, an absolutely huge win. Um, after a difficult enough first half, I'd have to say. You know, I, fair enough, we were playing against the breeze, but I would have said that at halftime we were fortunate to go in four points apiece because, for me... Dublin were probably the better side in that first half. They had the lion's share of the possession and the greater chances as well. But in fairness, as you say, Mickey, second half, we really stamped our authority all over the game after I think Dublin scored the, scored three points in the first seven minutes of the second half. They didn't score after that. For the remaining probably 25, 26 minutes of the second half, Dublin didn't score. And I think Mead outscored them by 1-8 or 1-9. It was a real power play of a performance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a real power play is right and sets them up nicely. And I suppose, Davey, how much confidence will that give a team? And, you know, like Dublin are the, I suppose, the the the, the, the benchmark of, of GEA throughout the country. And, and once you're competing with them, you know, you're doing something right. So like, obviously they're not the best in the country um, all the time at all grades, but we always use them as a benchmark. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, and I don't think there's any doubt about that. And even so, we, we still do get a huge lift out of beating them, not just probably in a minor capacity, but um, probably on a greater scale in the county, you know, as to that. But like, I mean, minor hasn't been the issue. As you say, getting it up to under 20 has probably been where we've maybe fallen down. And on last week's podcast, I did say that I feel that Dublin, of all the age groups, you know, between minor 20s and senior, Minor is the one where I feel they're vulnerable and they're there to be got at. And to be honest with you, that's exactly what John McCarthy's men did. You know, they went after them. And once they got on top, Dublin didn't seem to have an answer. And they seemed completely devoid of any ideas um, or creativity in the last quarter or last half of that game. And again, Meath were just dominant all over the pitch from 1 to 15. They were absolutely sensational. Yeah, and uh, Davy Rispin caught up with Owen Frayne and John McCarthy after that game, and we're going to be reviewing this game in depth on our um, Loyal Royals podcast um, on Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. But John McCarthy and Owen Frayne uh, straight away after the game, Davy Rispin caught up with them, and uh, you could hear from their voices that they were well delighted to get that win over Dublin. And uh, you know you're doing something right when you can go out and beat the Dubs at any level. Davy, that was the great start to Saturday, um, with the Mead Miners picking up that victory over Dublin, and then the Mead Seniors had to travel the short distance up to Parnell Park to take on the Dubs in a senior game, obviously in round six of the Allianz National Football League Division One. And I suppose a slow start again cost Mead in the end. It finished 120 to 19 points, a four-point victory for Dublin. And, you know, while Mead got it back to a point a couple of times, Dublin always kicked on and got the scores to go ahead. And maybe a couple of spurned goal chances as well by Mead. It could have been a different story on the day. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a, it's a real opportunity lost in that capacity, you know, because we put ourselves in a really strong position in that second half, probably midway through it. We had a, the gap down to a point at one stage or at a couple of stages, sorry, it was seven points. Um, and we got it back to one. And I think Shane Walsh had that second goal chance, which you mentioned there, Mickey, which clattered into the side net. And, and you know, that would have put us two points clear. And we had a couple of other chances. Walsh had a point chance. 
and uh, Jordy Morris had a chance just after that. And then Dublin just reasserted their dominance on it again. They went four points clear. And after that, you never felt like they were going to lose it with time running out. But I suppose after that slow start, you'd have to give the lads, you know, immense credit um, and, and for their character that they showed really in getting back into the game. I, I won't lie. I feared the worst for us at that stage. You know, when we went seven points down, things weren't going our way. I just I just felt that it would be easy for us to maybe lie down and take a little bit of a tonkin. But, you know, full credit to me, they rallied. We had 10 points on the board by half time, Mickey. You know, when's the last time we had 10 points on the board by, at half time? Even against the dubs, you know, as well as that. Like, it was really, really good stuff. And, you know, the important thing was to then kick on in the second half. And that's exactly what they did. You have to remember, Mickey, we were... We were depleted. Let's call a spade a spade. We were missing what would be considered our whole full back line, our whole recognised full back line, um, along with another number of other key positions. Dublin were quite strong. You know, it was a pretty good starting 15, even by their standards. Um, so, yeah, no, I'd, I'd have to be pleased with it. Obviously, the likes of Andy and the lads would have loved to have got the, the win, probably more for confidence than anything else, because obviously it's academic in terms of, you know, where we're going to finish in the league and all of that. But definitely a lot to take out of that performance, for sure. Yeah, because when, when, when you look at it, um, you know, Dublin had a lot to play for. Meath, as you said, had absolutely yeah. nothing to play for, being relegated already. So Dublin did, I'm looking down at their, their squad here that they started with, Cluxton, Keen Murphy, Davy Byrne and Michael Fitzsimons, John Small, Johnny Cooper, Robbie McDade, Brian Fenton and Emmett O'Cungala in the middle of the field, Niall Scully, Kieran Kilkenny and Eric Lowndes, Paddy Small and Conor Callaghan, and then Dean Rock as well, making up the full forward line. So they brought on Merchant, they brought on Brian Howard, they brought on uh, Aaron Byrne and they brought on Sean Bugler and also they brought on Keno Sullivan as well. So like they did come with a very strong team to this game and they, they brought on their big guns and they were able to stay with them even though, as you said, Mead had um, a lot of lads missing. Like you look down at the team, there's none of the retote lads involved in there, um, and you're you're talking about four, if not five, of the retote lads would be um, involved in that squad. I think that um, Jack Flynn has been called into the panel, I believe, as well. So you know, like really, really when you look at what we were missing, that is an excellent performance. And you look at our full forward line scoring. Um, 13 points. Okay, Thomas O'Reilly got six frees from six and uh, Killian O'Sullivan had uh, three points and two of them were frees, but Shane Walsh got four points. So, like, that's 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 a great return from your full forward line. The rest of the points are sp- spread out between subs and players, um, uh, Brian Menton as well, get, getting on the score sheet. But that's, that's something we haven't seen either, is the full forward line doing such heavy scoring. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was delighted with Shane Walsh's performance. You know, four points from play, as you say, Mickey, three of those coming in the first half. Uh, I just thought he was a constant threat off left and right foot. He, um, he had he had one with the left foot that he wanted to forget about in the second half. But aside from that, you know, on the goal chance he, he missed, I, I thought it was his best game for me in a long, long time. Probably going back to maybe that Kerry game in the Super 8s last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas O'Reilly was almost immaculate with freeze. I think he got six out of seven frees that and and a couple of them towards the latter stages of the first half were really difficult frees out around the 45 difficult angles and everything like that pressure kicks he really looked comfortable with them um but also the debutants like Owen Harkin for example you know first start for him the Dunsany man he even clipped over a point yet Jordy Morris coming on for league debut contributed two points you know off the bench and and like in just saying that off the bench we managed to get four points from our substitutes as well and despite yeah. 
being depleted and, and devoid of probably a number of key players, you'd have to say our strength and depth still shone true. And like, you know, to be getting that contribution from your substitutes is absolutely fantastic. It really is. And, and you caught up with uh, one of the debutants, um, Jordy Morris. He kicked two points when he came on as a sub for Ethan Devine um, on 30 minutes. And you also caught up with Andy McEntee. Andy McEntee, of course, um, did an interview with uh, the whole group of media that was there. And we have that interview uh, as well. And that'll be on our review of the Mead versus Dublin game that took place in Parnell Park. That's on our Loyal Royals podcast over on Patreon forward slash we are meeting again we want to thank everybody who's signed up for the patreon podcast again it gives us the opportunity to give you all this um extra extra content on our uh, podcasts and um, daily so that's the results i suppose from the weekend and you know while while uh while you look at it mead 120 or dublin 120 mead 19 points it's while it's a disappointing result we got a performance out of the lads they now move on and they play Monaghan next Sunday in Clonus at 2pm. And again, that's, uh, you know, it's another, what would you call it, a dress rehearsal for the championship. Yeah, absolutely. These are great games to be getting, Mickey. And uh, like, it's great to see us embracing them as well, because I suppose, like we said, probably last year, any other year, there'd be a long lead in time from league to championship. The way it's actually going to fall this year between championship and league, it's going to be probably, what, two weeks so it's absolutely ideal preparation to be playing these top teams in their backyards as well as, you know, going to Parnell Park and Clonus. They're two of the trickiest venues to go to in the country, really, to try and go and perform. But I just think there's absolute, there's a great chance for us here if we can if we can go to Clonus and, you know, knit together a lot of the positives from Saturday night in Parnell Park. There's no reason why we can't come away with two points and a morale boost and win going into championship. But um, it's going to be another huge test and uh, we'll learn a lot more about Mead probably this time next week. Yeah, we will indeed. And at the same time as the Mead footballers, the Mead hurlers will be out. They're taking on Kerry. That game is in Tralee. That's the first round of the Joe McDonough um, uh, championship game. So uh, we want to wish the lads the best of luck. Davey, um, not an easy away trip for the Mead hurlers having to travel to Tralee. Um, to take on the kingdom. No, it's not. Um, and they're one of the most formidable sides in the Joe McDonough, you know, in Kerry. Uh, they've been knocking on the door for a number of years. They were beaten in the league final only today against Antrim. Um, I think that was the Division 2A final today. So, look, the lads will know exactly what they're coming up against. Played them in the league, obviously, this year as well. Um, and were beaten in trim, albeit after a decent performance. I think there was four points in it on the day as well. So, you know, Nick Weir will be well aware what what's facing him and the lads going down to Tralee against Kerry. But, you know, after winning the Christie ring last year, there is still a little bit of a feel-good factor. It feels like, kind of feels like two years now at this stage. But uh, at the league, which finished, what, in March? You know, that feels like a lifetime ago now. So Nick probably hasn't had the benefit of playing a couple of league matches like the footballers have, you know, because obviously the league got finished uh, before lockdown happened. So... It may be a little bit more tricky and Kerry will have the benefit of that league final today against Antrim. So it is going to be an uphill task for me, but they can go there and probably just focus on performing because they're going to go in as massive underdogs. Yeah, they're going as massive underdogs to that game. Um, but we do wish the Mead Herders the very best of luck in their game against uh, Kerry. Intrally next Sunday at 2pm. And another fixture just to bring to you is the Mead Minor uh, footballers 
having defeated Dublin, they will march on now to take on Westmead. Um, and that game will be Wednesday week, the 28th of October. And that game is taking place in Ashburn. I'm presuming that'll be an 8 pm throw, and it could be a half 7 pm throwing. But we want to wish uh, John McCarthy and the Miners the very best of luck in that game. Um, we want to wish, obviously, Nick Weir the very best of luck in their game next Sunday against Kerry. And we want to wish Andy the very best of luck and the lads uh, against Monaghan, although that one is not as important as the hurlers or the minors because there's nothing riding them back in. Are you ready to start a construction project? Here is five reasons why you should choose Buildor. You come first. Your goal is our goal. You'll benefit from our years of experience. You'll have a one-stop shop at your doorstep. Your project will be on time and on budget. Call us today on 046 90 or email us at info at builder.ie. Builder, your local go-to construction company. So, Davy, it seems like an age ago now that we did our proactive risk control team of the week for the final uh, weekend of the championship when all three finals took place. Um, but on that weekend, of course, we had the senior final and both of our PRC Player of the Week and our PRC uh, top scorer of the week came from the senior game, which is which is great as well. Just the, the quality that was on show in the senior final. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, um, Bino Hanlon was was the winner of our PRC top scorer of the week, Mickey, for uh, for his tally in that senior final. Um, I think it was one six, wasn't it? Off off the top of my head, I think um, it was on, yeah. on the day. Yeah, so you know, hugely. Uh, big contribution for Gail Column Gail. Unfortunately, it just wasn't enough for them in the end. But um, I think Bino deserves some sort of recognition for his efforts, not probably just this year, but like for the last number of years and what, what he's done for the club and everything like that and put them in contention year after year. Um, and although the, the award is probably scant consolation to him, at least it maybe sometime down the road when he's buying a new pair of boots. As he texts me after, sorry, he says, that will go to the new pair of boots. So Gail Cullum Kill fans out there, don't you worry. Bino is on his way back and he's going to buy another pair of boots as well. Yeah, well, he didn't He, he didn't need to change the boots in the final. His shooting boots were definitely on in that final. And we're going to go to the interview that we got with Bino Hanlon uh, uh, after he received his PRC Top Scorer of the Week award from Stephen Baxter. Thrilled to be joined by the PRC top scorer of the week, Bino Hanlon. Uh, Bino, we've got you eventually, um, albeit a little bit disappointed still, nearly eight days on, but I suppose congratulations on the award too for top scorer. You would have said, you said to us off air that if 10 days ago you were offered the award, you would have fancied yourself probably bringing the Keegan Cup alongside you, but it just wasn't to be. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, I suppose being a forward, everyone is always kind of looking at, at uh, what you score and yeah, probably yourself you're putting a bit of pressure on yourself to watch your score as well but um yeah it's it's uh, it's one of those things that you know it's kind of bittersweet you know if, if i was to be told you're on you're getting a one of the vouchers that prc um provides you'd be saying to yourself you you have a good enough chance maybe to, to have a keegan but look it didn't it didn't end up coming to kells but look we'll not stop trying anyway, and that's the, the main thing we'll bring it on to next year again You've had a bit of time to reflect on it now and, and probably watch the game back and that and it will take another few weeks and months maybe to get over but 
I suppose you have to be proud of the effort of the boys in the final and I suppose all year and for the last number of years you know it's been a phenomenal journey yeah look absolutely we've been we've been I suppose on this road probably since some of us are maybe the, the elder statesmen like myself maybe probably on this road since maybe 2011 when we got to the first intermediate final and um, I suppose we've, we've kind of just been building 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 to, to get to the to the final but there was a lot of semi-final near misses and look we just put this down chalk this down as another near miss and um there's, there's nothing nothing stronger than the group of lads we have that everyone is, is willing to put the shoulder to the wheel whenever we need to, to come back at so um, we're looking forward to next year already and I know it's going to be a long wait around um, for that for that time to come but um, we're, we're looking forward to it already nearly getting back into action it probably won't be any leagues or fresh cups or anything like that played but um, we'll take the downtime we'll, we'll analyse it and uh, We'll, we'll go again next year. You put up a very poignant tweet over the weekend as well, thanking all of the supporters within the town. I mean, this place for the last couple of weeks was was a hive of activity and colour and everything. It was just brilliant to see. And I know you're obviously around in 2013 and that, but this is a senior final and things just ramped up. And I suppose the year that was in it as well, people really got on board with it. Yeah, it was. It was a bit a bit more hyped, obviously, than the intermediate final Um you know, I suppose the coverage on national telly and and everyone was kind of showing an interest and and everyone's family, my own family, your unbelievable support, friends, uh, wives, girlfriends, partners, um, the whole shebang, unbelievable. And then the, the wider community then got involved. Um, you know, the the whole town got involved. We had buntings up, flags up in every estate in, in the town and um, all around the town, as you said. But um, you yeah, know, like it gives you a great kind of pride to know that. The, um, the support is there for us, so yeah, we want to we want to be able to to um, to give them give this give the supporters a bit of success, and I suppose give ourselves a bit of a success as well. So um, yeah, it's, it's great to see the support, and hopefully we can we can put down the buntings and maybe get it back up um, and another another point in the future. Yeah, and just a word for Lara and, and the management team. I know they've done an incredible job, which is and. You know, it's been a really good journey for them too. Uh, just, just give them a bit of a mention. Yeah, look, um, I don't think we would be where we are now without without the lads. So, like, Lar has been unbelievable um, since he came in in 2015, and um, I suppose he got a good backroom team around him for the last couple of years. But um, the lads have been unbelievable. Even, even the likes of Jerry Smith, there, Barry's father, has been has been incredible. Um, always there, never, never um, whinges or moans. Just is there and he wants to give us give us all and I suppose that that kind of trickles into the players then you know when you have a, a good backroom backroom team but yeah look we, we're delighted that that we've had such such good coaches and, and good mentors and selectors and stuff being involved with us and uh, hopefully that can be the case for, for next year and going forward again I know it's probably five years now at the helm obviously you'd love to see him back and it's probably early days yet and the conversations will need to happen but I know from your perspective you'd love to see Lara and the lads back for another crack at it next year. Ah, yes, I suppose there hasn't been any conversations or anything like that, but um, I suppose we need to we need to give it time just to, to, to die down after such a, a final that we were in and such a year and, and uh, a journey that we've been on. So, um, yeah, look, at, you know, when you have someone that, that, that's of Lara's kind of elk, you know, you, you want to, you know, keep a hold of them, but that's, that's, that's not for for anyone to decide oh, that's one up to Lar and you know we'll see where it goes um, if, if he stays on you know well and good if not look at 
um, we, we, we can't do anything about it until we know so um, yeah it's up to him they, like, by every right they can, they can literally they have their own you know judgement on things because of how, how well they've done as well so um, yeah it'll be up to them themselves to see whether they're interested in going again or not that's it and for yourself personally the hunger's still very much there oh, yeah. and, and you're looking forward to going again yeah absolutely yeah um, I suppose you'd always be kind of put in, in the category of being too old or anything like that once you get past 30 but no that'll still be there and it'll be there for a good few years yet to come so hopefully we can we can uh, drive on again Mickey uh, a word for this man he's one of the most modest around and like his achievements and exploits in the last number of years have been just phenomenal we've spoken about it probably week in week out and I think if ever a lad deserves an award like this it's, it's probably the Beano yeah uh, absolutely the, the award that he's after winning of course top scorer of the week but like in general you know he's he's a star he's a star in Mead club football there's no doubt about it how he never played for Mead I don't know he's one of the best I've ever come up come up against and I thought you know himself and McGill had an absolute absolutely brilliant battle in that final um, and both of them played well we couldn't put both of them into the PRC team of the week because then it looked like you know it was but like you could have had either of them and I, I think the way he stuck away his penalty in the 61st minute was probably the clincher for him to get into the PRC team of the week because the pressure of you know being in a final being in your first final in 19 years as well and the composure he had to step up and you know Shane Duffy is no doll you know as a goalkeeper so it was just a, it was it was a magnificent penalty magnificent player and you know, over the last number of years, he's just been absolutely incredible. So, uh, yeah, it's a. I would have loved to have seen him picking up a Keegan Cup uh, medal on Sunday, but as he said already, he's ready and raring to go again for next year. And uh, I'm sure the Beano will definitely uh, be picking up a Keegan Cup in the next couple of years. Yeah, super stuff. Stevie will bring you in um, as sponsor. You know, you were watching on with with interest as well, yeah. and uh, you know, your heart would have to go out to Gail Kill. Oh, absolutely. I think we, we met Hushing here a couple of weeks ago and I know Mickey tipped uh, Kells to get to the final and, you know, just being on the Cavan Mead border there as well, we, we'd always pay interest in the, the local teams in Mead and it was we're great we're great to see Kells in the final and even in lot last year they, they would have mentioned Beano an awful lot as well and they, they hold him in very high regard down there. Um, as, as Mickey said there, to take the penalty the way he did in the 61st minute in the Senior Championship medal, you know, it was serious stuff and you know, I think at that stage everyone would have thought the Kells had it, but it was just pure heartbreaking stuff to, to lose it the way they did. But look at what doesn't break you makes you stronger and you know there's worse things happening out there in life than that and I hope to God Kells do come back and win it next year. I think it's it's well deserved and I think the celebrations will be made up for ten times over then. Yeah, absolutely, and hopefully you can celebrate in real style next year, but you know. Um we want to thank you as well for coming on board. You know, it's been a pleasure this year doing the top score of the week and the player of the week. Congratulations to Bino as well for for winning the award and we look forward to working with you again maybe next year Stephen. yeah no thanks a million lads for the opportunity it was a good bit of crack meeting the lads as well and I think it was the way I was looking at it as a player or even involved in the management it was just great to give some recognition to the players and there's a lot of down talk about COVID and everything else but I think the championship brought a bit of life into areas again and you know people start talking about football and talking about this and going to football and stuff like that and I think it brought a bit of life and a bit of badly needed life around the place as well and you know individual awards I know it's nice I know Bino rightly said he'd rather have seen the championship medal than this but you know, even to make the team of the week I know the interest and in fairness to you two guys it was, it was great listening to it as well and you put a serious amount of effort so fair play to you yeah we'll, we'll definitely be back next year there's, there's no two ways about that yeah super stuff we have him on record as saying that <laughs> <laughs> thanks lads 
So, Davey, um, great that uh, Stephen Baxter is back on board for next year. Um, <laughs> we, we, haven't, we haven't on record saying that. But, um, Bino Hannon, you know, just, we gave him nearly a week, I think it was. It was over a week to, uh, before we, we presented him with the uh, award because it wasn't easy and it was a cruel way for uh, Kells to lose that final. But, as you said, Bino has already texted you. He's got his getting ready for the next championship and he's getting his new pair of boots. He is, yeah. Look, at even even from talking to him during the week, Mickey, like you could tell that it's still very raw and stuff as well. And and it will be for a while. And, um, you know, it's going to take a little bit of getting over. But all of a sudden he's talking about, you know, next year and, and we'll be back and this kind of thing. And that's, that's the sort of thing you want to hear from him and them, you know, because I suppose it shows that, they're, they're hungry to get back to that stage again next year and maybe just go that one little tiny step further than they did and, and get over the line in the final next year and um, don't write them off because that'd be stupid. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't write off uh, uh, Gail Colum Kill Kells um, for uh, any of the finals, uh, be it a league final, be it a fresh cup or be it a senior championship final, you'll always find Kells will be there abouts, there thereabouts knocking on the door. But we also had our Proactive Risk Control Player of the Week award, Davy, and that went to the goal scorer from the opposing team, Joey Wallace. And uh, I caught up with Joey Wallace in Rathout, um, uh, uh during the week after he had to self-isolate for over uh, a week as well. So I managed to catch up with him on a, a, a cold evening over in Rathout. And we went over to the football pitch and we'll go to that interview just now. I'm joined now by the PRC Player of the Week, Joey Wallace, uh, obviously from Rathout after his uh, performance against Gail Columkill on Championship Weekend. And Joey, like, while getting a, a, a little accolade like this is, is obviously nice or whatever, winning your second senior championship in two years and the second in the club's history it must be a great honour. Oh yeah, it's huge. It's kind of it's settled in now that we've won two because, and uh, when it happens after the game, it, it doesn't. It's not real at the time, and it takes a while to settle in. But I suppose if we had a loss, you're just feeling with regret at this time. So we're just we're just nearly glad that we have it won. We have two in the back pocket. So you're saying it's settling in all right now, but like right up until the dying embers of that game, you know, you must have been thinking, like, we're gone, we're dead and buried, but you kept going and you kept going, and of course you got that, uh, you got that uh, crucial goal right in the dying uh, moments of the game. Yeah, I suppose, in them type of games, they're so intense, and you don't have much time for thinking, so it was kind of just, it was just going with the flow at that stage, and we were just, we were at desperation at that stage, we were just kind of lumping long balls in, and lucky enough, one broke my way, that's, it was pure luck, uh, but look, we'll take it and we'll move on. And you know, a lot of people have been saying about how lucky it was and whatever. But a lot of people have spoken about it as well. You got the sideline. You didn't just lump it into the square. You know, you you worked it back out. You got it to the man in the right position, and then the ball was played into the square. So maybe it wasn't all that lucky. Yeah, I suppose it was a breaking ball. So that's why I'm just considering yeah. it lucky. But um, yeah, like the boys, I do. I do have to acknowledge the lads. They kept showing for and getting and wanting to get on the ball. Like we had three runners coming looking for the ball, so it wasn't as if there wasn't options for the kick pass. So, um, and now uh, fair play, Andy Jarrett. He was the one who, who took it on himself to put it in the box, and 
we got lucky at the end so and then you have Conor McGill uh, the first time he's ever been that far up the pitch getting the flick on for you as well so um, speaking of Conor McGill yourself and the Rathod contingent that are part of the Mead team you were saying to me off air he won't be available this weekend um, and it's very unfortunate because it's a big game against Dublin yeah no we'd love to be playing Dublin but uh, look you just we follow the protocols and at the end of the day health comes first and safety of everyone else so it's it's for the best it's it's especially long term uh, but look it's just still a very strong squad there for Mead and I think we'll, we'll put it up to them no doubt yeah, we are hoping that Mead can put it up to Dublin on the weekend and I suppose you're a multidisciplined uh, uh, sportsman and you know we saw that this year obviously you had your issues with whatever happened in the club as well but like you, you do have multidiscipline in sport and that takes up a lot of your time so I, I know I was listening to some of the interviews you've said that like you know you can't commit to Gaelic you can't commit to anything next year but I'm sure you'll still be available for Athol next year when the time is right yeah, I suppose when the championship falls to the end of the year, like the athletic season is over and the county's finished, so I will always be available that time of year. So, yeah, I'm just the reason I said I won't be able to commit is because I don't know where I'll be from January till the summer. So I'm starting the masters in Carlo as well. So I'm committed to playing Sigerson football with them as well. So. So you, you've got your athletics, you've got your Sigerson football, you've got your masters, you've got you know your athletics. There's so much going on as well. And what way do you see your athletics uh, taking over? Maybe in the early part of the next year. Um, being honest with you, I think I'll be looking concentrating on football. Um, whereas I would, I'm because I'm a sprinter. Like I'm not as competitive as Aim would be. Aim is a 400 meter runner, yeah. and he's always been a lot more competitive than me at the national stage. So. My focus will probably be on football, but I do enjoy athletics training, and I always feel that athletics training prepares me the best for football, as long as along with my skill sessions, obviously as well. But so I just feel the way athletics people train athletes, like my coach Jerry Finnegan, I've never been more prepared for football when I train with him, and I'm always feeling sharp and ready to go. So I don't think it's a hindrance for football, but if I was to play football, it would be a big hindrance to athletics. So that's the way I see it. You know. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, getting knocks and niggles and whatever on a football field is not going to help you when you go back to the athletics, whereas the athletics, the, exactly, you know, your fitness and the whole lot for going into the football. And finally, just to finish off, like we did touch on me, and whatever, uh, you know, championship is just around the corner. You are isolating, as you said, until next week, so you'll miss the Dublin game, but you've Monaghan coming up. What have you been able to do? Were you back in with the Mead team since the Rathout final or were you back in before that? Have you had much time basically with the Mead team yet um, this year? No, not since the final. I haven't been back. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting back now because I'm, I'm enjoying my football at the moment and I really want to get involved for the championship as well. So I know I haven't got much time, but I'll be keen to make a big impression when I go back training and hopefully be fighting for a place for the come championship as well. So that's my aim at the moment. So, Davey, Joey Wallace there. Interestingly, you know, um, one of the things he said, like he's going to be, you know, he will be playing football next year, but uh, for a tote, but he doesn't know when. It could be late on in the season or whatever. He's going to concentrate on Sigerson Cup uh, football in the early part of the season. Then he's going to do his athletics and uh, he'll come back to Ratote when when he's ready to come back uh, later on in the summer. Yeah, well, there's no doubt about it that they, they need him. You know, and you'd miss a player of that caliber. And had they not had a Joey Wallace in the final this year, there's no doubt about it. Kells would have would have won the championship. And um, you know, he's 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 going to play a big part. You'd imagine with Mead in the championship this year, and 
probably in the, in the foreseeable or in the coming years as well. Um, obviously, he has his eyes on other things as well. Sigerson Cup, um, he's starting a degree, I think, in Carlo too, as as you, as he said there in that interview. So, um, look at Joey Wallace as a talent. We, we all know there's some off the off the field issues in Rotota, whatever. But let's hope they're sorted because every team needs their best players available to them, and they don't need things going on in the backgrounds and other distractions and that too. So. Uh, fingers crossed we see Joey back with Ratoth and with Mead more presently um, sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well done to Joey Wallace on receiving the proactive risk control player of the week for the championship final weekend. And uh, uh, Davey, that brings us to the end of the proactive risk control player of the week, the team of the week and the uh, top scorer of the week for 2020. But uh, we want to really thank Stephen Baxter from Proactive Risk Control for jumping on board with us uh, to sponsor the player of the week and the top scorer of the week. It was an absolutely brilliant initiative. And, you know, it gave the club players plenty of recognition for all their endeavours. Absolutely, Mickey. It was great fun, you know, and from picking the team of the week, to probably narrowing it down and picking a player of the week. And then thereafter, after the, the first or second round, Stephen says, oh, sure, why don't we do a top scorer of the week as well? Sure, fine, Stephen. If, you know, you're the one giving the vouchers, so <laughs> do as much as you want. But no, nah, he, was, he was 100%, Mickey. He was absolutely brilliant. And he was always great cracking, always, you know, around to, to, for the presentation and for a quick word in the interviews as well. And he's, he's a Calvin man, but, you know, I think he's an honorary Mead man as well. I, I, I think his knowledge of football and Mead and... He's obviously dipped into management in the county as well in recent years, and hopefully we'll see him back at some stage too to to um, to transfer a bit of his uh, knowledge and and excellent coaching abilities to other clubs in the county. Court yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from the rumours that I've heard. Oh no, we won't say anything about it. There's, there's a big there's a big reveal next week, David. This one doesn't want to ruin the reveal in court, but uh, again. We just want to thank Stevie Baxter, an absolute gentleman. I know Stevie quite a long time now, but as you said, he's got a huge amount of expertise um, and knowledge in the game and uh, both across Mead and across Cavan. Um, he's well respected as one of the best coaches around. And uh, of course, he is going to be leading his team to a junior final in Cavan. Um, Den, the team he's over this year, we don't know when that final is going to take place, though, because of the, the restrictions and the lockdowns. So, um, but best of luck to Stevie whenever that junior final takes place. And thank you again to Stephen Baxter from Proactive Risk Control. And if you need anything uh, from Proactive Risk Control, you make sure you let them know that you heard about it on We Are Me. Are you ready to start a construction project? Here is five reasons why you should choose Buildor. You come first. Your goal is our goal. You will benefit from our years of experience. You will have a one-stop shop at your doorstep. Your project will be on time and on budget. Call us today on 046 90 or email us at info at builder.ie. Builder, your local go-to construction company. Um, Davey, I suppose um, we were talking about uh, the managerial go-round last week and I, just while I've given you a second to get your notes up, just want to remind our listeners that we will be um, on our Lyle Royals podcast this week. We have plenty of, um, of podcasts going out on that one. We've got the Mead versus Dublin senior review. We've got the minor review. 
We also had the Mickey Newman interview, exclusive interview that Davy Rispin got with um, Mickey Newman as he bows out of county football again. Um, but there is a little bit of hope at the end of the uh, tunnel that maybe when he gets back from his operation that he might be fit to talk out for Mead again. But have a listen to that interview, a wonderful interview. He got a few messages from some players on the Mead team as well that made him emotional. And we'll also be bringing you this week our regional teams um, the regional championship that is set to take place around this time of the year obviously has been postponed until next year. But we are going through all of the regional teams on a weekly basis and we'll be picking what we think would be the starting lineup and, uh, uh, and, and, and the subs based on this year's performances in club championships. So this week it's going to be the turn of Bruna Bonia and that consists of Slane, St Mary's, St Pat's and Delique Bellison. So that's one not to be missed. And that's on our Loyal Royals podcast for its we its um Patreon forward slash we are me. Getting back to Davy Rispin because he has his notes out now. The managerial uh, merry-go-round Davy and I've heard of a few teams myself um in the last week that have lost managers and uh, are on the lookout. But uh, you've a full concise list of what's happening at the moment around the county. I do indeed. Just before I do, I, I stand corrected. I, I gave you the four teams that are a part of Brunia There's actually five. St. Vincent's are the fifth team. So my apologies for not giving you that one, Mickey. Um, but moving on. Yeah, so these are pretty much what I've got so far. Now, again, this is just me doing my own digging. So there's probably a lot more happening that I don't know about. But this is all that I know about. People can get in touch with us and let us know if they've heard that and more. But I suppose the first one to start with is Myla and Ted Dowd has uh, called it a day in Myla after a brilliant couple of years that you'd have to say, Absolutely, you know, reaching yeah. the junior final last year, playing intermediate football this year, staving off relegation and the relegation playoffs. So probably Ted said, look, done as much as he can over the last two or three years and he's done a splendid good job as well. He's moving on. And we'll come back to Ted in a second because at Bective, I think, I believe Peter Brady has left Bective, but they've sought John. about... A, John, John Brady. John, sorry. Yeah, yeah. John, you'll know him better than I do, Mickey. <laughs> John Brady has vacated the role, but Bective have acted quickly, and Ted Down hasn't been out of a job for long because he's the new Bective manager uh-huh. during the week. So um interesting developments there in Bective. So Ted uh, wasn't out of a hot seat for long. He's back involved there with Bective next year. Um, the rest of the ones I have are more managers that have left, so I don't know who's come in or anything like that, but I know in St. Dalton's that Keen Skinner Enix after a couple of years at the helm, has stepped aside. Um, Dundry, Lar, David Lar Callahan has um, walked away as well after two years in charge. Your own Simon St. Gales, Mickey, Des Lane uh, stepping aside. We might come back to you on that yeah. one as well to maybe speculate on who may, may take the hot seat there in Simonstown. Castletown, Rusty Tiernan, um, after a probably disastrous 2020, following their unbelievable year last year, um, has called it a day too. So Rusty... Um, won't be taking Castletown in Junior A football in 2021. So Pats, which we already spoken about briefly in the last couple of weeks, Mark Russell came in towards the latter stage of the year when they when their manager was removed. So it remains to be seen if Mark will stay there to probably take the helm but, or take the reins there. But he has been there for the last couple of games of the year. Um, Nobber freshly relegated from senior football. Sean Carlin after an unbelievable 2019. Um, has just said enough is enough and he's stepped aside as well. So Nobber will be on the lookout for a new manager as they return to intermediate football next year. And the last one I have is Delique Bellustown, Anthony Malone, 
um, has uh, given his job up there as well. And he had a really good year there as well. Like you have to remember, Delik actually went unbeaten in the championship in intermediate, but didn't end up getting out of the group because, of course, it was just a group winner. So any other year, Delik Bellustown would have been in a quarterfinal and probably would have been a big player in the intermediate championship this year. Um, but unfortunately, that wasn't to be. They did, of course, draw against Balnebracchi the first day. Balnebracchi obviously going on to win the championship. So when you look at it from that perspective, Anthony and Delik Bellustown probably weren't all that far away. Yeah, absolutely. Did you mention Drumbara as well? No, I didn't mention Drumbara because I'm not actually. I've heard conflicting reports that that Kieran O'Malley has has left Drumbara. Um, I was actually in a shop at Kells on Friday, and I met a Drumbara player, and I was chatting to him, and I says I heard rumor that Kieran O'Malley had, had gone and maybe taken over his native Mulla in Cucullins, but. Uh, that that he wasn't really sure at that stage. So uh, who knows what's actually happening in Drumbarrow with that? Maybe someone from Drumbarrow might get in touch with us and let us know what the hell is happening. Yeah, absolutely. And look, they've got plenty of time to make the decisions. There's uh, going to be no football until after Christmas. I'd say club football at this stage. So plenty of time to get their managers in place. Yeah, Simon's still have part of company with Des Lane and uh, Jude McNabb. Um, Des had a. Uh, three-year contract but it was a two-year with the option of the third um, and he opted out uh, of taking the third I suppose you know like uh, semi-final defeat last year to uh, Summerhill um, late on in that game would have been tough and then this year losing out to Rathod, um in what was effectively a quarter-final um, really when you look at it um, and uh, you know he's probably decided that it's time for him to move on but I know that He's an unbelievable tactician and that Des Lane will move on and he will uh, he will have success wherever he goes. He'll be disappointed he wasn't able to bring success to his uh, his own Simons team. But, you know, that's that's the way football goes and it's, it's, it's such a fickle industry at times. You know, a, a point here or a point there could be the difference between you getting to a senior championship final or being knocked out as it was um, for Simons team both of those years. Um yeah, that's uh, it's going to be an interesting one, Davy. Uh, Davy Courtown, uh, have you appointed a new manager yet? Uh, no, we're we're very close, uh, but we haven't uh, any white smoke just yet, and and we're not willing to make an announcement at this uh, point in time. However, I'd like to thank Anthony Monaghan for his efforts and his endeavours over the last two and a half years. Anthony did step aside in the last week, so um, you know we wish him well in the future. And how is the tendering process going? Going quite well, yeah. So, uh, you know, we've we've made some positive uh, moves in in that respect. So, hopefully, in the next, hopefully next week, Mickey, I will have some news for you. Very good, very good. And, and, and many many candidates have you at this stage, Davy. That, that's confidential. That's confidential. Okay, and then I presume that the names of these candidates is confidential as well. Absolutely. No problem at all. If anybody wants to know, just give me your phone on my personal number. And uh, no, I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> Davey, uh, moving on to Instagram Interactive. And uh, I presume we've had a busy week again this week. Yeah, we have. It, it's been flying in again, as usual. So, uh, Balnebracchi and Clonagale still, still at loggerheads, are they? 
no, that's actually cooled down over the last week, thanks be to God, um, <laughs> because uh, I was worried that it might spill over in the last week or two. But no, it doesn't seem to be too bad. First one in is from Joe McQueenie, and he says, young lads and the seniors looking more than able for it. Walsh, Morris and Harkin all impressing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I, that was one of the overriding things that I felt after the game was that the, the young lads who played, you know, didn't look out of place and looked ready for a, a senior football need, which is absolutely brilliant. And they all made their mark on the field. So that's, you know, you, that's one of the worries when you bring in young lads into a team is that, you know, it's just going to be too much for them. But they all went in and uh, showed, their, showed their worth. Yeah, absolutely excellent. Uh, Peter Duffy is next up. He's probably one of the candidates for that Simonstown job. But Peter wants to know his own frame, left or right footed. Um, and that is a good question. But... I believe he's right-footed, although I wouldn't put any money on it. That's how good he is up. Yeah. Oh, scandalous, Mickey. Yeah, he's he, he's ambidextrous, I'd say. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Ronan Thompson is next up, and he says, why Dean Pluck hasn't been called up to the senior team? Yeah, it's interesting because the, the goal came from uh, a mistake in the back line from a kick-out, and, you know... Um, we have seen in the last few years really, really avoidable goals being scored um, against Mead. So, and I don't know, like maybe, 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 uh, I was going to say maybe he's too young to go into that, but like the other young fellas are showing how good they are and they're showing their worth. But, you know, some of these um, mistakes have cost us in the last few years and uh, we won't go back through all the different instances but yeah it's it's something that we do need to um, you know look at yeah Simon Finn said the same he says Andy Mack looking for Dean Pluck's number <laughs> um, I'm sure he has it I'm sure he has his number uh, John Brady is next up and he says do you think the GA sorry do you think club GA can continue with the right restrictions Oh, see again, like you know, I like I've been I've been talking about this with all my mates, and I'm sure everybody has been talking about. It. Like I, I I don't know. There's obviously there's been no proof that you know that, that games are spreading COVID, but supporters do spread it, and we've seen that in the last few weeks. But I suppose we haven't had enough football. I don't believe. I don't think we've had enough football while there was high cases of COVID to see if the matches are going to spread it. I think after this weekend, we'll see um, if any of the players who maybe didn't know they had COVID, if it's going to spread. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll see that. So, I like, while I'd love for club football to be going, I just I just don't know. I'm, I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't know enough about it, like, to say um, what's right or wrong. Yeah, to be honest with you, my view or my take on it is that a lot of it has probably come from the celebrations which we've seen in recent weeks after club championship finals. Um, very few proven cases, from what I believe, has been actually directly from, say, training or playing the games. But I, I rewatched the Mead game uh, today, Mickey, on Air, on Air Sports, and I thought Mark O'Shea made an interesting point on, uh, on punditry. And he feels that in order for county to continue, that testing has to be made mandatory for you know all players and all teams at the moment i think it's still very much if you if you're a close contact or if you're feeling symptoms then you go and get tested but it should come to the stage where it is i know we're an amateur organization and all that i get that but it is a pandemic and everything like that and if they're treating intercounty football as an elite sport my view on it 
should be that they, they all get tested. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that as well. Um, that is a really, really valid point that if you're going to be treated as a professional or as an elite sportsman, yeah. that you should have all the processes in place. Like you look at Leitrim over the weekend, they had uh, guys on the team that were believed to be close contacts of other people who had it. So they had to cut it. And like, as Terry Highland said, like, you know, I don't think that they're the only county team that were actually having that uh, situation throughout the whole country. So they were the only ones who admitted to it. So, you know, and our team's going to say, well, look, you're only a close contact. You don't know uh, if you have it, sure, play the game and get tested on Monday morning. Like that's, I don't know which is, like it's, it's yeah, I, did, I just think mandatory testing. All the players should be tested like the day before a game. Yeah, absolutely. With the club thing, Mickey, it's probably regrettable that a couple of the finals didn't happen. But to be yeah. honest with you, I wouldn't be losing all that much sleep as as a club player myself. I wouldn't be losing all that much sleep on kind of league fight, league finishing leagues and this kind of thing. At the end of the day, the year would have been almost or would be over at this stage anyway. So I, I just think the club, it, it's very hard to probably man at this stage. But look, at the next, as you say, Mickey, the next couple of days, I wouldn't even say weeks, the next couple of days are probably going to tell a lot um, yeah. in terms of sport and that. So um, Flash Gordon is next up and he says, two good performances from the minors and seniors have uh, still have sorry still having the goalkeeping issues he said yeah we, we just hit on that there so we did like there were two really good performances the minors exceptional and finished really strong the seniors never give up never say die attitude was back which you know that is going to stand to them yes when you look at it in the end well look they lost by four points that goal if you want to look at it that way didn't cost them the game but it is something that we said is a recurring theme um, that mistakes are costing us goals. And, uh, you know, it is something we need to look at. Yeah. Craig DJ Manning says, great performance from the seniors class watch. Yeah. You know, like, and you can't, when you, when you consider, you know, what happened to, the, to happened to us in the Leinster final a couple of years ago, you know, um, we had a, we had a, was it last year, actually? I keep saying yeah, it was last, last year. year. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a couple of years ago. Like, it feels like this is three seasons uh, after the, the the senior championship, the Leinster senior championship. But, like, the performance last year in the Leinster final, I thought, you know, all we forgot that day was our shooting boots because yeah. we had as many chances. And when we look back through the stats, we had 50% possession. We had as many attacks. We had as many turnovers. We had more turnovers. We had more tackles. We had, you know, everything except scores. And we had as many shots. So I just think that, you know, we spoke about it on the uh, podcast last week when we were doing the predictions. And I just thought that, you know, if we can close the gap and, and maybe get a draw, you know, that's the nice, the next stepping stone to, to, to beating Dublin. But we definitely showed that we can compete with them. And, and this is all experience for these lads that you can't buy. The yeah. experience against Kerry, the experience against Galway, the experience against Dublin of how close you were, you know, that'll only bring them closer and bring them tighter and make them better. Yeah, and I think if you want to use a yardstick to probably compare the two in terms of Leinster final and, and probably yeah. last night's performance, we scored more, more in the first 20 minutes last night than we did in the whole game. I think it was four points last year in the Leinster final and we had five points after 20 minutes last night. So that itself is huge progress, to be honest, on last year. Um, yeah. 
PS Tapes says some fairly dodgy mustaches on display last night, and then I have to agree with him. Uh, Jesus, Killian O'Sullivan's, I thought Killian O'Sullivan's was bad, and next thing Brian Howard comes on and his just took the piss altogether. Um, absolutely scandalous. But uh, there was some really weird stuff. I don't know, did you see the Galway goalkeeper today with the mullet, Mickey? No? Well, I was just going to say that so I was because over the last number of weeks I've been commentating on county finals and, and commentating on matches and whatever and seeing games. And I don't know why, but 80s hairstyles are starting to make their way back. And uh, it's disturbing. First of all, it was the beard, which I'm kind of sporting a half beard here today. And I just think they're disgusting. And now we're getting moustaches, which are worse. And we're getting the mullet. The mullet is back as well. Like, oh, what is happening? Like, these kids didn't grow up in the 80s and they don't know what the 80s were like. The mullet... The next thing is they'll be wearing bloody Guns N' Roses t-shirts with the arms cut off for aerodynamic purposes on the football field as well. Well, you'll never see me with one of them, Mickey, I can assure you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Burn, just Burn, that's the username, so I don't know the full name, unfortunately. But he says, he says, I don't know, me lost, but like what a performance for the first game back without a few players from a tote. Mickey Newman, like Jesus, I'm very happy with the way they played. <laughs> and I love his, uh, his use of language there. Absolutely. No, no, but like we all are. And, you know, moral victories, you know, you can put them in your back pocket and, you know, never see them again. Like, but like we have to, we have to use a yardstick, as you said, like we have to use the progression. Mead are progressing nicely. You, you can't be that far behind Dublin and all of a sudden overnight be better than Dublin. So we've gone from the Leinster final last year of, of scoring four points. We're, we're slowly narrowing the gap. And if we can just not give teams a nice little head start on us, we're yeah. definitely there, thereabouts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next one comes in from John Gormley and he says, no Kells lads called up and he has the two eyes. <laughs> yeah, we, the, every year when uh, when the... When the National Football League starts, uh, we get the Snow Kells play- players on the Mead senior team. And it is quite surprising, um, mm. you know, really is. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I just, I, I, I don't know what to say to that. Like, you know, we fought the, fought the fight over the last couple of years for them, but nobody's listening, Davey. Yeah, like that's, I was just going to ask you, like if it was you in charge, like, would you have how many of them would you have in? Like, if you if you were calling the shots, well, like you know, there's 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 two or three that you'd have to be looking at. Um, mm. You know, like what age is Madamo now? Uh, like he's mid twenty seven. Twenty seven. Like he's he'd be he'd be uh, one that I'd be calling in. Um, Fionn Riley, if he was available, um, but obviously he's not. Um, purely for his athleticism and, and, and abilities, he's, he's he'd be a great addition. Um, Bino, I think that ship has sailed now at this stage for Bino, um, and he's just going to go down as one of the best ever club footballers in Mead. Um, yeah, like you know, what about you, Davy? Is is there anyone from the defence or whatever that you might pull in? Yeah, like I would say that James Riley is probably one that yeah. maybe stands out, one of the most probably unsung heroes in that Kells team to be honest with you um, another one is probably Oshin, like Fionn's Fionn's older brother who is available do you know so, yeah yeah. Um, there are probably two other names that I could maybe come up with but yeah like I'd, I'd probably agree with you it is it is surprising 
Um, but like we don't know the ins and outs of it, so we're not going to probably speculate. Um, <laughs> anymore, <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I wasn't finished. Uh, <laughs> Paul Mudley is next, and he says, "Was it Davy Sheebean that was <laughs> shut down in the Kells area?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a Sheebean. I told him this. Yeah. Um, well, are you charging for drinking your Sheebean? God no. Well, then it's not a she bean. Um, yeah, there's. I saw that two she beans closed down in the Kells area. But now the thing about this, I was trying to figure this out. People were saying that it was Kells, so um, just going by what it said, it said Kells. So they thought it was Kells Town, but Kells takes in a huge area. So it does. So um, well, there's, you know, actually, yeah, Kells, there's, three, there's three clubs in Kells. There's you know three clubs in Kells. So there is, you know, like there's there's Trumbara. There's Kilmainham and then there's Gale Column Kill. But the Kells district as well goes out a good bit. So it does. So I'd, I don't know if it was in Kells town or if it was in the Kells area. I'd say it was in the Kells area because you wouldn't have a she bean in the, in the village or the, the town and not be, uh, not be caught. So I'm going to say that it was outside of Kells somewhere, maybe out, out the country a little bit. Where Would you believe maybe, I actually have a Navin address? You have a Navin address? So you have two addresses. You're like Shawnee Johnston. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> so, you're mean, you, at, so you're saying you can play for Simonson? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's for me, Nav and County Mead. That's the way it is. So, uh, yeah, moving on. Uh, Darren Hawdon says, uh, Ronan Jones kept Fenton quiet. Mead won the midfield, question mark. And just before you answer this, Mickey, um, I got three messages in on the back of this one from uh, Leo Weldon, Juicy O'Connor and Ben Farrell. And they both pointed out that Brian Fenton scored five points from play. So I don't know, is that entirely true? Yeah, um, a good battle between the two of them. But, you know, when Brian Fenton scores five points from play, um, uh, it's hard to, to say that he was stopped. You know, what would happen if he wasn't stopped? How many points would he have scored? Probably four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Shane Mulvaney says the new lads did well. Plenty of depth starting to appear in the squad. Really positive outing. Yeah, we talked about this last week on the podcast, Davey. We were saying about the game we had watched between Cavan and me, the challenge match that took place, and the 15 that took the field. And then we were looking at the 15 on the bench, and we were like going, this is really, really positive, because the 15 on the bench could easily be starting. So that means that, you know, you've got strength and depth, that the players on the field, that you've got backup in every position, just as good as the person that's in the field, so in the field of play. So that's absolutely brilliant to, to consider that we have such strength and depth and we've got players at such a high level ready to come in onto the field of play. Yeah, Tom O'Connor said to add in Joey and Briney into those forwards and it looks even better. Absolutely. You know, like you, um, it just, again, it just shows you the, 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 the panel, the strength and depth of the panel when your full forward line scores 13 points and yet you've got Bryony McMahon and you've got Joey Wallace to come in there as well. And you couldn't really say that anybody in the forward line had a terrible game, you know, but like it gives you options for, for moving lads around and, and horses for courses, as they say. Yep, Robert Perfield is next, and he said some big units on the minor team. The S and C work is noticeable, and like I'd have to, I'd have to agree with him. I thought the two boys in midfield, Connor Gray, who we've seen in recent weeks for the Dunchocklin uh, under seventeen teams, like he's another 
Jack Flynn type player, you know, another love child of Ivan Drago's. And then you have big <laughs> Sean Emanuel, you know, complimenting him. Sean Emanuel has another year at minor, like for God's yeah. sake, you know. So it, it it really is evident when you look at them. And even Owen Frayne, like he's the full forward in that. But when you look at him close up, you know, he's a big physical presence. These guys aren't even finishing developing yet, you know. Yeah. The vast majority of them are only 16, 17 years of age. So there's still plenty to, to come in that respect. Yeah, well, the, the coaching the games or the coaching officers in Mead, like over the last number of years, have put in a huge amount of effort on this. And, um, you know, they, they identified where the problems were with Mead football and that they needed to start at the grassroots and start moving it from, or, or, or start the movement from early on with young players. And we're starting to see the fruits of their labour now. And, you know, over the last couple of years, we've had a few uh, players coming through from minors and under 21 um, that had been the start of that conveyor belt just seems to be ramping on and ramping up in, in, in speed now like that these players are there's lots of these players coming through so kudos to the to the uh, to the lads doing the coaching and development yeah Peter Duffy is back again and he says Carl Hickey what a debut yeah um, Peter Duffy has absolutely nothing to do with his time when he's texting us the whole time um, but, uh, he's in the no, shop for... doing absolutely nothing yeah <laughs> come on Peter but like yeah absolutely what a what a start for Hickey young Hickey like Jesus Christ brilliant brilliant stuff like uh, all of them we said this already all of the debutants were just class yeah, I, th- I thought Hickey in particular, um, you know, we've seen him playing in that challenge match, obviously, and acquitting himself really well. Yeah. I just thought I just thought last night the personality showed on the ball and, you know, the confidence to go and play. He obviously popped up for that goal chance, which was excellently stopped by Cluxton and that. But I, I, I just thought he, he showed maturity probably far beyond his years. And uh, it, it's a daunting prospect to play your first game against Dublin, but he really embraced the challenge and uh, he came out of it with flying colours. Yeah, and a point as well in the end, wasn't it? No, Harkin got the point. Oh, Harkin got the point. Harkin got the point, yeah. Uh, Niall Flynn is next, and he says, Mead backs are more of a threat than the forwards. Um, I I take his point, uh, and and I see exactly where, and I'd include Hickey in that, along with Harkin and Kyogi in that too. But I'd have to say they complement each other, to be honest with you, Mickey, you know, because how often do you see Killian O'Sullivan back in the full back line or half back line working and carrying the ball from deep, Ethan Devine, lads like this. So I think we have to be careful in trying to nearly say it's like a competition between the two. I think there's an excellent complement between them. Yeah, and, and we've seen that over the last couple of years where the backs are getting in for goal chances. And the reason for that is that the, the forwards push out and the, the defenders continue their runs and get in behind yeah. the defence so it, it's, it, it could be something they work on um, or it, it's, it's hardly accident um, I think it's design because um, it happens that often that our defenders do get themselves into goal scoring chances now the only thing is is that when they do get into goal scoring chances I'd like to see them popping the ball over the bar um, because that is a complete knife through the heart for a defender when or for a forward when the guy he's supposed to be marking goes through a goal and instead of taking the goal, he just flicks it over the bar. That's one thing I'd like to see them do. I, I'd like, I'd probably play a devil's advocate a little bit because I just feel that particularly against the likes of Dublin and that you're never going to get four or five goal scoring opportunities in a game. And I just feel if you could get one of them even at that stage and look at, we had two probably clear ones last night, didn't we, with Hickey's and then Walsh's but I, I think that'll come Mickey I think once we're creating the chance in that you know sooner rather than later we'll start popping them away 
Yeah, I, I just, on that as well, I think it's twofold as well. Just as you mentioned, the Hickey chance and Shane Walsh's, is that if the defender goes through in goal and he pops it over the bar, there isn't as much pressure on the forward when he goes through one-on-one with the goalkeeper because a defender is after missing a goal already. So now the forward is on the ball. So he has to stick it in the net. You know, that kind of way. I Look, I just think, I think a lot of uh, mental... Uh, issues when it comes to not mental issues I think a lot of uh, 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 situations are mental when it comes on the field that pressure builds and builds on players um, as as other players make mistakes or, or don't score or, or gets shot saved so I'd, I'd say that I'd always ask defenders to pop the ball over the bar myself yeah, 100%, Mickey. Um, <laughs> if that makes sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> it does, it does. Uh, Kathleen O'Higgins says, bring up Sean Brennan for the senior goalkeeper. Yeah, look, we're getting a lot of goalkeepers being, um, being mentioned for the senior team. Uh, look, Andy Andy Mack is, is, has, his, uh, has his goalkeepers there. If, if, if he feels like he needs to bring up any of these young lads, I'm sure he will. Yeah, Sean's been excellent, you know, really, really good for Dundry. Got his breakthrough years this year, has obviously played mid under 20 this year with Joe Robinson too. So he's he is definitely one that I'm sure is in Andy's mind, uh, as well as the likes of Dean Pluck and that. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, next one is from Peter Sherry, and he says Luke Mitchell would be a great addition to Andy's team. Yeah, um, was Luke Mitchell not in on the squad already this year? No, he, Mitchell was a mid under twenty this year. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he was going in onto that squad, onto the senior squad earlier on. No, so. no, we talked about him after the relegation game against Narborough and says that we wouldn't be surprised if he was called in. I think he got one nine that day. So yeah, um, yeah, look at he probably would be a great addition, and I'm sure he's another one that's probably not too far away from it. But you know, he's another young player, and I'm sure we will see him in a mid jersey sooner rather than later. Um, Alex Smith is next, and he just said Owen Harkin had a serious debut game. Yeah, again, we, we, we talked about that again earlier. And, and, and for a young man coming from uh, Dunsany Football Club, you know, um, and, and that's in, in no way a slight to any junior team in me, but to go from playing junior football in junior championship to playing against Dublin in your first inter-county game um, and to put the performance in just shows the level of player that he is. And you spoke about him so glowingly all year as well, um, Davy, in that junior championship. Yeah, and I stand corrected on this, but I think he's only the third player in Dunsany's history to make a league or championship appearance for Mead. Um, the first since Connor Brennan. I know Decky Smith was in around the panel, but I don't think he ever made a league or championship appearance. So um, future is bright for Dunsany and for um, Owen Harkin there. Gavin McVance's own frame is somebody to throw a shimmy. And uh, in commentary <laughs> yesterday, he, he I, I said that he sent... A couple of lads to the shops for bread and milk for the morning because there was one stage over in the second half where he was over uh, by the stand and there was two tubs around him. It looked as if he was just going to be pushed out over the sideline, to be honest with you. And whatever way he manoeuvred or manufactured this move, he just the two boys were sent flying. And his score, you might have seen it on Twitter, Mickey, as well, the one he kicked off his right foot in the second half. Go and have a look at it. Colin Wailoge actually put it up. Um, it's an absolutely incredible score because he shimmies off the left, dummies back on the right, and kicks a score from about 45 metres. Like the do. talent, the talent and the magic that this guy possesses, I, I can't emphasize enough his quality. Um, and he's going to be a huge player for both Summerhill and Mead in the coming years. Um, mm. Ronan Thompson is next, and he asked, Is Donal Lenehan as good as Mickey Newman? 
look, he definitely has the potential, so he does. Um, and, you know, Mickey Newman is a fabulous, fabulous baller, and so is uh, Lennon. So we'll just have to see. Um, time will tell, I suppose. Yeah, like like I think they're fairly probably similar type players, Mickey, aren't they? You know, when they're... So it's probably an easy comparison to make, you know, because they're both free takers and both natural corner or full forwards as well. But I do think that Donald probably is an opportunity now to maybe um, fill the void, maybe that Mickey Newman has vacated there. So yeah, time will tell on that one. Um, I've just, I've just, yeah, I've just watched Owen Frayne's uh, score against Dublin and uh, maybe he's more like uh, Mickey Newman than, uh, than Donald Lennon. He did. He sent him to the shop for bread and milk. I think he broke a couple of ankles the way he uh, dummied him twice. Well, that was only one of many. Like that was that was the highlight because he got a score off. But it was a, it was an exceptional point. Yeah, yeah, brilliant stuff. Uh, Simon O'Keefe says Ben Donnelly, uh, Mead corner, Mead minor corner back, having the dubs in his pocket, and yeah, like he was absolutely brilliant. As was his uh, compatriot over on the far corner. Uh, ben Moran I thought the two of them were brilliant on the day um, really good players and probably the modern day fullback or cornerback sorry you know well able to emerge from defence with the ball and get on ball and actually wanted to contribute in an attacking sense as well great to see yeah absolutely brilliant uh, Harry Dean says Simonstown seniors addicted to golf mainly Sean slash Breen Conlon and Mark Devlin can you throw a bit of light on the subject there Mick uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm out of the loop. Um, I'm out of the WhatsApp groups and stuff like that. So I don't know what those lads are at. But look, those lads are, um, what would you say? They, 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 I'd say they would be fond of a game of golf, those lads. And uh, probably probably with the season being over now, uh, they have plenty of time to reflect and, and, and spend four or five hours on the golf on the golf course, um, you know, thinking about what they're going to do next year in the Mead Senior Championship. Mm. Uh, Niall Flynn's back in again he asked who was the ref he was very good and the ref was Brendan Cawley from Kildare um, and whilst I did think he was very good I thought that John Small was incredibly lucky to stay on the pitch um, when he obscuttled I think Brian Menton having been on a yellow card I thought it was mm. a, a straight it should have been an automatic straight second yellow and he would have been dismissed and that was at a crucial time too aside from that I actually did thought he benefit the game and letting it play as much as possible and contribute to a really high score and an entertaining game. But that was probably the, just the one blot on the copybook for me. Um, but yeah. Next one, we're coming to the awards. Uh, the last few now. The next one is from Jared Dillon and he says, T O'Reilly, very good on the freeze versus Dublin. Something we have been struggling with previously. Uh, well, well, I suppose... Have we been struggling? Well, well, maybe this year a little bit without Mickey in the in the early parts of the league, we've been chopping and changing. Yeah, free takers. I, I think that's probably what Jeremy means there. Maybe with that one. But but last year as well, like while Mickey Newman was excellent on the freeze, he was let, he was taking nearly every free from all angles and from all distances. And um, Killian O'Sullivan was kicking a few on the left as well. And it probably his ratio probably wasn't as good as it should have been because they were from. Quite huge distances, but Tomas O'Reilly was was staggeringly good on the freeze. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. I think this may be the last one, Mickey, and it's from Dermot McCabe. And he says, Gavin McVan roasting the Mead Senior Hurlers on his first day. So possibly Gavin has been called into the Mead Senior Hurling panel, maybe. And uh, he's maybe showing a few of the, the more elder statesmen how it's done. 
Yeah, um, can't shed any light on that. Don't know what's happening with the hurlers myself, um, but Davy Rispin, my small ball expert, you maybe could shed some light on that. Yeah, I actually haven't heard if Gavin is is part of the uh, the the meeting or hurl panel. I know he's in touch a good bit uh, with the podcast and that, so um, not really sure. We'll try and dig out a little bit on that. Um, yeah. But that's that's pretty much all of Instagram for this week. Yeah, and we'll come back to uh, to uh, that query next week um davy have you anything else for the podcast for this week i do mickey i actually have hot off the press the national football league we are mead uh prediction forecast league table oh, oh. updated after round six so uh my thanks to my fellow cl- fellow clubmate ivor o'halloran who has incredibly got this to me I, I really didn't expect to have it at this stage but uh gary Coyne maintains his lead at the top with 178 points, 28 points for the round. Uh, four points ahead of Nicholas Finley. Uh, Tom O'Connor in third with 165. Jamie Coslow's next, 164. Shane McNiff, 159. Davy Byrne, 158. Kieran Flynn, 154. Uh, Mark McCoy, 150. Richie Quigley, 145. Mickey, I, I'm trying to find us too. <laughs> uh, are, are we on it at all? I, oh, sorry, I'll come to it in a second. Then it's Richie Quigley, it's Flash Gordon, Shane Riley, Decky Mahan, Shane Mulvaney, Kira Murray, Mags Guinan, Aideen Smith, Mark Brennan, Joanne Byrne, that's myself, 128. Joanne Byrne is you. Joanne Byrne. No, no, I'm just below her. How many uh, points did you get this week? I got uh, 26. Pretty poor. 26? Mickey, I don't think you're in this. Uh, and I'll, I'll get a corrected version of it because I can't see you and like you should be there. Oh, no, you are there. Hang on a second. <laughs> Sorry, I nearly let you off there. Holy shit. Uh, Keith Fitzsimons is below me. Cormac Brady. Connor Gleeson. Mickey Brennan, Mickey, do you want to know how many points you got? This is embarrassing. This, this is week. ridiculous. Go on, oh, this yeah. week. You've got 11. Oh, lordy. 11, lordy. Mickey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got, for, so going, in, going into the final round, you've 116 and I have 128. So, so you're 12 points behind. Yeah, but I was, I was, I was that ahead of you, was it not, before this week? So yeah, you you uh, had you had twenty seven in your last game week and then down to eleven this week and Pat Conlon is below you um as is Brian Rispin Robert Perfield Susan Farrell despite twenty two points she's still playing catch up Stephen Duffy only two points my God what's going on there uh Karen Curran Susan Kieran and Terry Bruton a lot of people didn't play obviously so that's yeah. kind of why so you know there is but Mickey yeah I just. Almighty. Yeah, 11 points this week, and I was ahead of you before this week, so I was after clawing you back, so I have to get 12 points, I have to claw back 12 points in the final round of the Alliance National Football Leagues next week, and again, Davy Rispin, you can give it a plug, it's the GA predictions from Cortown GFC. Yeah, GA predictions, final round coming up, three quid, another 200 euro um, on offer, I think we can safely say that neither yourself and myself, Mickey, are going to be winning a share of that 200 for this week, but uh the, like as I said last week, there's probably not as many people that was playing in the spring because we're not doing the hard copy sheet. So what I say to everybody is play it. There's a really good opportunity for you to maybe 
get away with some prize money. Uh, we haven't changed that. We're seeing it out next week. So get in before next Sunday, gapredictions.com uh, to do yours, and it should be live first thing in the morning. Yeah, and when you're putting, when you're filling in your form, just write in Mickey Brennan as your name, and uh, hopefully <laughs> I can uh, steal some more points for our uh, We Are Me League. I think that's it from us for this episode of the Builder We Are Me podcast. Remember, We Are Me, why it matters more. <laughs>